Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathStoreProds.com movies and television podcast. As always, I'm dead. Gentlemen, today we have Caveman. And yeah, the reason you're getting this late, uh, as opposed to my usual laziness for things being late. Though that might still be a factor. Yeah, we're recording this on Saturday, Saturday, October 14th, uh, right after Friday the 13th, which is when this was originally supposed to go up. But then Voltron came out then. And that we're both Voltron heads. We had we like we we originally had this planned for the Tuesday before, but then I looked at my Netflix queue and saw that Voltron was dropping on Friday, and I said, "Hey, Dad, you want to wait until after Voltron?" And there was like, "Oh yeah!" So, yeah, it's Voltron season four. Jesus Christ, release a full length season. <laughs> I fucking know, right? <laughs> yeah. So just for anybody out there who hasn't been watching uh, Netflix. Along with uh, DreamWorks and uh, Studio, the Avatar, Last Airbender Studio. I cannot remember their fucking studio name. Yeah, they've been doing an updated uh, new version of Voltron for a while now. They just released season four the, uh, yesterday, this past Friday. And for some reason, they are fucking terrified of releasing a full-length season. First two seasons, both 13 episodes. Third season, seven episodes. Fourth season, six. Six. And this isn't like some like fucking miniseries thing where it's like a fully contained story inside those episodes and it is and it's like something that needs to be told in this length of time because this is the amount of time it needs. This is a this is a fucking uh, 22 World minutes. Events productions or Studio Mirror. Studio Mirror, that's it. Studio Mir is the one to do this. Yeah, they do all the animation. And, yeah, yeah. Like this is this isn't this isn't some weird like fucking avant garde anime like fucking mini series animated thing. This is a full on twenty two minute children's animated series uh, in the vein of Avatar: Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, other Studio Mir things. But instead of it being you know fucking like twenty three episodes like you would expect, thirteen, thirteen, seven, and six with the same ratio of plot to filler. Yeah, I specific. I actually had a severe problem with seasons three and four, in that there was a what I consider a pretty to be a pretty severe disconnect between the end of season three and the beginning of season four. Oh yeah, totally. There is like there's like fucking like months we. I watching it and I was like, okay, that's obviously um, Keith. Yeah, Keith in the Blade of Malmora disguise, because um, that's his dagger. Yep, yep, that's Keith. Okay, so why are you not with Voltron? Okay, so you're doing both. All right, when did this happen? This happened in the couple. They of could months. have given us six episodes in the previous season, like just detailing this part of the story. Yeah, but instead, it is, what happened? But instead, last episode, everything's going fucking hunky dory with Voltron. We learn the origin of Voltron, and then Keith is leaving Voltron. Mm-hmm. Something that Shiro should do if they're following the old continuity at all. And they still haven't fucking dropped the other shoe with with Shiro. I'm fairly certain he's a clone. I don't think he's a clone. I mean, that's too like, obvious. Like either a clone or a plant. Like there's some fucking. I think he, I think he's been bra- a brainwashed sleeper agent. Yeah, it's, it's like the fucking cat guy or cat lady, I guess. Since apparently she's a lady. Just like the there's like fucking. Hagar the Horrible, or whatever the fucking name is, she just went up to him and just, like, went at his fucking face. 
And then she's let's let okay. Uh, we can't do a plot synopsis because this just fucking dropped, and we don't want to spoil it. Um, I already so kind of already kind of broke that egg, saying, "Hey, yeah, that cat person dies." Important. Who cares about a side character? Uh, it's a relatively important but, side character. It's one of Lotor's main squeezes. I I don't even remember their name. Something with an N. Narty. Narty. Or is it, it. Narfi? Narty. One of them. It's Narty, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't remember any of his sidekicks' names. I just remember Lotor and the fact that the vaguely humanish chick has a connection to Keith. Yeah. Remember. And I... I kind of dug Lotor when he first showed up. Do you up. think his ship are gonna vol- his ships are gonna Voltron? Oh, totally. That's totally what they're doing. They, I mean, like one of them looks like legs and one of them looks like arms. So I'm like, they're gonna Voltron, aren't they? Yeah, this it's, is. He's making, it's so fucking obvious. He's making a mega Voltron. <laughs> that is gonna be sweet. Oh, I'm so excited for that in season eight. <laughs> Which that's is what weird. Like, I actually just think about it now. Like, they did that same thing. Like, they. In every Studio Mirror thing, there has been, like, some hint or, like, an actual full-on thing of anti-main character. Like, in like in fucking Avatar Last Airbender, there was that fucked-up Avatar statue that was hidden off in the fucking back that nobody ever saw and they never really got resolution on. Then in Season 2 of Korra, the main thing was building, and building a fucking Nega Avatar. And now in this, we're going towards Nega Voltron. Yeah, but Nega Voltron something you should expect. I mean, I'm pretty sure they did that in the original anime. Oh, come on, I want Ultraman. <laughs> See, now I'm curious as to if uh, Studio Mir had a hand in Scott Pilgrim, you know, with the whole Nega Scott thing. Uh, that was We're a- just inspired by Darkwing Duck with Nega Duck. Uh, Nega Scott was the thing from the original... Uh, I I know I'm making yeah. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you just, just you just go through the credits of all these shows like oh shit Brian Lee O'Malley's worked on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, personally, I still am really enjoying the show. But actually, an episode that was a slog to get through, and no, it wasn't the filler episode. It was the episode where Keith was whining at Shiro, saying, I'm not meant to be team leader. You be team leader, so I can go off and be a stealth operative. You think somebody would have bitched him and said, dude, you're wearing red in a cartoon. You're in charge. <laughs> yeah, at least they resolved that. Did they, though? Because it's it's very... This is the worst season of Voltron so far. This is the worst season. This is the worst season of Voltron so far because everything, like any pacing problems I had with the original, like couple seasons, they're amplified to an extent in this season because, like last season, like uh, so they got. What it really feels like to me is that we've got that we've truly got two seasons. Yeah, pretty much one through three is one season, and then we've gotten. Basically, a Steven bomb for season two. That was that first six episodes. And I'm really hoping either they delay the next release until, you know, late summer 
so that we can actually get a full 12 to 13 episode season. Because honestly, I will accept 12 episodes as a full season at this point. So that we can actually get a proper story arc. Because neither of these past two seasons, I say that with air quotes, stories. They've been, let's throw some ideas at them and see what sticks. Well, he did technically tell one story that wrapped up that was wrapped up in the worst way possible. Which story was that? Shiro's. Yeah. So, uh, we've already said fuck it for spoilers, so we're doing spoilers. Get fucked. But, so, in season three, uh, Shiro fucked off and Keith became the pilot of the Black Lion. Then Shiro comes back and can't pilot the Black Lion anymore. No real reason given, just... Something happened, and now he's not the pilot anymore. He's not the paladin. Which you'd think would have been... If he is a clone, that was the point in which he became a clone, in my opinion. Yeah, like, that that, that was... That's, that's what I was talking about. Like, he escaped the fucking place, got got found by the dudes, tried to get back in his line, and the line's like, nah, fuck me, bro. Yeah. Would have been like, okay, like, that, that, was, that was my thing of like, okay, yeah, clone. They're going the fucking... They're going fucking Roy Harper Red Arrow route with this. I still think it's more likely that she did brainwashing because we haven't seen anything to suggest that uh, they can clone, like perfect clone. So, ah, huh. so yes, yeah, so we can't pilot the black line anymore, and so he st- spends his time in the palace, essentially taking on the Alora role of just giving intel and uh, support from from the Palace of Lions. Then Keith just fucks off. While Voltron is getting fucking worked. Shiro goes to the Black Lion and goes, come on, man. And the Black Lion's like, oh, okay. It's more than that. And it's it's another reason why I say um, brainwash sleeper agent versus uh, clone. Versus because clone I don't think agent. the Black Lion would... Res- what? Versus clone sleeper agent. Yeah. I don't think the Black Lion would connect at all with a clone. But the Black Lion had a long-standing connection with Shiro, so I personally believe that he it is he is a sleeper agent. The Lion saw that his mind had been meddled with and said, letting you control me because you'll just give me over to the enemies. The enemies you fought so hard to take me from. Then Shiro comes in and reaffirms the fact that he fights for the team. Is he a puppet? But he's going to fight that control. Now, of course, the lion can't tell him that he's under control. But the lion accepts him stepping back into the role. Not because he wants to. Because that's another thing. Shiro didn't want to step into the role. He wanted Keith to be, take that role. He believes in Keith. Yeah. But he was forced to. However, this was done in all of like two minutes. And there was no fucking psychic, big, showy, feely thing. That the Black Lion can fucking totally do. Yep, none of that. It's just, it just he gets in and then the shit, he just, it's like, oh no, the team's dying. Come on, man. And then the thing goes, bloop. Then you're good. Then that's fucking, hey guys, you want fucking Shiro back, you weirdos? Shiro the hero. Honestly, might have done that because fans were complaining. Why? Well, they explained it in the, uh, um, the We're Showman episode. I can't remember the name of it. Because it uh, wasn't an important episode. It's the Voltron episode. show. The br- it's, like, 
Shiro I, the hero. Shiro, you're the only one I won't get rid of. You're the most popular character. I actually skipped that episode. Actually, kind of going to... I personally think they go into the perspective of the show runners, the show creators. Because... At, at maybe not the current ones, but the old ones. It's like, okay, so we've created pers- like blanket, boring-ass personas for each of you so that people can connect on the most basic level. Yeah. Man, this science makes no sense. Why are you having me say it? Because the idiots out there wouldn't understand the big science words, and I don't know any of the big science words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This humorous nod to the idea of being a showrunner, especially if you've got people who are counting on you. And honestly, that was a really fun... It was nonsense, had no purpose, and will uh, absolutely affect nothing in the long run, but it was fun. Yeah, Skip, it's definitely that one. Yeah, I... This whole fucking season is... Oh, uh, yeah, this season was a fucking real disappointment. And it was especially disappointing because uh, there, so there was an episode. Um, there, there was an episode that was Pidge focused. It was Pidge going out to find her brother. That was a good episode. It, w- it was a solid episode, except for the fact that they spoiled the that's episode. The main, that's my main issue. I can't just write the season off. Yeah, because yeah. they're good enough that I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. Yeah, but like a problem that I had with it was they spoiled the episode in the teaser for the episode, like the teaser image that they show when like you're like, hey, up next on fucking Voltron. It's it's a spoiler for the episode itself. Because well, the, that you can't blame the writers. That's the yeah, that's Netflix's fucking fault. advertising idiots. Yeah, that's Netflix's fault. Like, the, like the show, like the advertising for this show doesn't really spoil that. It's the, specifically the image Netflix chose to use for their up next segment thing. Like, not even a segment. Just like, <laughs> like, hey, this episode's next, and it shows and it shows Pidge with her brother Matt, and throughout the episode, it is just fucking going on and on to a really, really good emotional scene where Pidge is like, oh god, my brother's dead. Which loses every single bit of weight because I know he's not. Did you catch the uh, Star Fox reference? Yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, is that a is that a really lazy Star Fox reference? Just having a dog be there? Oh my god, Slippy Toad! Yeah, it was it was really weird. Like, there's been like the aliens they've shown so far have very much been like, hey, we're humanoid but kind of weird. This is the first one. It's a hey, we're humanoid but animals. And Slippy Toad. (laughs) Yeah, but it's Slippy Toad, the age of the fucking rabbit. Uh, Isn't there also a rabbit? Wasn't there also a rabbit on the crew? Uh, In that crew, no. I swear there was a rat. Like, they had a helmet on, but there were long ears sticking out. Maybe it was hair. I don't know. But no. <laughs> I, I had a lot of. I had. I, when I caught that, I was like, oh, this is going to be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually an okay episode up until the dumbass point where Keith's like, suicide bomb! And it's like, hey, fuck you guys. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't deserve to be on your team. Respect me, damn You're it. A- there were a dozen different options, including not targeting the shielded portion of the fucking ship, you absolute moron asshats. Yeah, like, the ship itself wasn't shielded. It was just that one bit of it that was on the front that was loosely connected to the rest of the ship. Yeah, you blow up the rest of the ship. You know what's not going to work anymore? <laughs> the gun. <laughs> no, it, well, it wasn't a gun. It was, like, a weird charging It thing. was a focuser. Yeah. 
it was a foci for those who were interested in magic. Yeah. Hagar was using it to turn a planet into a bomb. Ready a bomb. She was using it to detonate said bomb. Well, it wasn't a... It, it was the, the, the... Like, the... The doing of that is what made it really a bomb. Like, like, like regularly it was it just was, a planet of, like, relatively unstable stuff, but still. It was a planet of a large stable substance that had specifically been modified so that if the thing had been activated, it would explode into a massive conflagration that would wipe out ten systems. The terraforming I.e., it was a is, bomb. The terraforming device is what they modified, not the planet itself. I think we're just arguing semantics here. Basically. <laughs> yeah, season four of Voltron. It's, it's more Voltron. And everything good and bad that comes with it. It's watchable. Um, I still had fun with it. Um, I still want to see where these characters go. Oh, yeah, totally. I want to. Um, I don't really count these last two seasons, except for the important character episodes as <laughs> being part of the show. <laughs> Yeah, there are definitely like, episodes. When you start. go, when you if, this show, Google a which ones to watch list because there's there are episodes that are plot episodes that feel like filler yeah. because they don't really do anything to progress the story. Also, this season was too happy. Actually, yeah, like now that you mentioned, like they like there's a there was a weird disconnect throughout this throughout this season where. Like they were doing like relatively heavy things, but it was still like fucking slapstick humor. And this is that. And this is the season went. This season there was an episode that went full anime. Mm-hmm. Specifically when Matt came back and saw Princess Laura, they just had a scene straight out of an anime with with the voice acting quality that you would expect from a shitty dub of a not great anime. Yeah, I was watching that, and my wife was watching it alongside of me, and she was just like, "No, no, stop it!" Stop also, it. No. Matt's voice actor's kind of shitty. Just really he's trying, dear God, he's trying, but I really hope they don't bring him up too often. Or at the very least, like, switch him out for, like, a guy who's acted before. You leave Anakin Skywalker alone. Wait, what? I don't remember the name of the actor who played young Anakin. Jake Lloyd? Uh, yeah, you leave Jake Lloyd alone. Jake Lloyd voiced Matt? No, I'm saying... I was, never mind. It's a space opera, and I was making a space opera reference. Forget about it. <laughs> anyway, another thing, another thing that bugged me. They went back to they went back to fucking the Balmera, met the Balmerans, and there was no fucking scene of Hunk and his weird fucking rock lady friend. Yeah, seriously. You go back to see your girlfriend. You say something. Yeah, dude. It's like, hey, yeah, uh, don't call me ever again. That night was really creepy. <laughs> I didn't know the women were the ones with the lower horns. Hunk seems open-minded. <laughs> but not open to anus. You, you never know. You never know until it gets there. <laughs> uh, this is the world we live in, people. Yep. God, I want to go to space. <sighs> oh, also, there's another thing I remembered about that fucking Pidge episode. They, those were terrible flashbacks. Those were the fucking worst flashbacks. 
<laughs> like, the only thing that saved it was the emotional connection that Pidge had. Oh, no, and fucking also, goddamn, uh, Dex Taylor Claus. She's fucking great. Also, they really sh- they were really too fucking obvious with the twist. Oh, yeah, that's because that's of the fucking... <gasps> His birthday's wrong! Oh, my yeah, that's because of the goddamn motherfucking stupid bullshit flashbacks. The terrible, terrible, terrible flashbacks. Like, okay, writers, I'm going to tell you how you could have saved that entire scene. First off, you're cutting most of that flashback. Because most of it was pointless and dumb. Dude, cut all that flashback and fucking bring it back to some earlier thing that didn't involve, like, hey, this is the fucking... Like, the only reason they brought up that cipher and explained it so thoroughly is because they were going to use it in that episode. But if they had, like, fucking shown that Pidge had, like, some fucking history with cryptography because of her fucking brother. No, no, no. Like, like you can keep in the cipher being, like, oh, this stupid, complicated thing. But have her see it be like, his birthday's wrong. And then flash to, hey, Pidge, what is it? Look inside the front cover. And then, like, if you ever receive a quantum frequency, decode the message. Done. Done. I actually thought you're. That's all thought, you like, need. With, with the way you're delivering that, I thought you were gonna. They're gonna like, hey, Pidge, yeah, cryptography, and then just chucks a book at her, and then the thing ends. <laughs> 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 also, fuck that stupid ass glasses scene. <laughs> yeah, I. <I'd... laughs> Again, my wife was watching this with me, and she was like, why is she putting on glasses that are just going to give her a headache? And I'm like, they're probably fake. Because I'm like, I don't feel like going into the stupidity of this scene right now. It's like, hey, I just, like, hey, st- hey, the space people shot lasers into my face. Now my eyes work good. Here's my prescription glasses. I'm going to put them on and get a headache now. Yeah, like... It, it was it was good. Oh, the flashback, I fucked up my eyes. It was the, it was good that the flashback ended when it did because of the second I put them on, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Your eyes were fucked, dude." I can't even put on another pair of my own glasses because they give me a headache. <laughs> same, like they're supposed to be the same prescription, <laughs> but I put on my other glasses within fifteen minutes. I've got a splitting migraine. Oh, so, seriously? No, fuck you. Yeah, I don't know. This whole fucking that whole every every bit of that fucking flashback. In short, this season wasn't the best. No. It was worse than last season. Yes. Which was worse than the season before. Yes. Which was better than the season before. Sure. But that final fight elevates that entire season. <laughs> <laughs> there was just too much epic concentrated into one fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. I want to see more of Lotor. I'm glad that they've expanded him beyond his original villain role, which was I just want to marry Princess Alora. That was his I never got that from his motivation. No, I'm talking about the original show. Oh, original show. Okay. Yeah, Where, I like I talk about characters that were also in the original anime. I'm going to like talk compare them to their original anime selves because i'm never really able to get a read on like what lotor's actual like end goal is and like, it really, that's the and it really the, that me. last episode that's the one thing that i'm really curious about because i'm like what is his game what no, is his gambit no like so so started out in the fucking uh it's so like it's so like he takes over the empire does good empire things with it goes to get the goes to get the thing fucks the empire 
fucks everybody. Yeah, what is his fucking gambit? Yeah, fucks everybody. Then ha- then has a plan that he's apparently been working on this entire time, fail, and then join forces with Voltron. Well, we don't know if he's going to join forces with Voltron. We don't know what his gambit is. He's attempting, and I'm very curious. He's, he's attempting to right now join forces with Voltron. That that's what that's what season he, five is going to start out with. He wants to have, be in talks with Voltron. We don't know what his goal is. He's probably going to try and vo- join forces with Voltron at the very least to gather intel and manipulate and maybe betray. But yeah, steal the Lion's power sources or whatever. Suck. He's going to fall in love with Alora, and the entire show is going to devolve into the original anime. No, just watch like just, it'll, it'll like season season four to season five. It'll just like be start of season five, and he's piloting the Green Lion, and Pidge is just dead. No explanation. <laughs> I hope not. I like Pidge. Yeah, Pidge is great, dude. Pidge is my favorite character. Kill like, Lance. Her, like Pidge and Hunk. Kill Lance. Ah, Lance. Lance had his moments last season. This season was not a very good Lance season. Favorite characters in this show, in order, are Pidge, Hunk. Shiro, Kran, and then the mice. <laughs> That's my top five. And we haven't seen the mice for like a season, so yeah, that was so really weird. Like when the fucking that. like when like Pidge comes back, the mice just run up. Like Pidge and the mice have like a super deep relationship. <laughs> Those are my favorite characters. That's my top five in order. I would have liked it if like when they were going through that weird like time like time fuck tunnel, the mice just ended up staying as whatever the weird transformation they were in last was. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool, but it would have been made, it would have made it, well that entire thing made no sense, but it would have it made it make even less sense because it's like Koran reverted. Yeah, but like time happens and the mice change into other animals because you know when mice when mice de-age they go through different little evolutions. I know Pokemon. Hey, what's that in the tall grass? It's the Voltron mice. Quick, catch them before they involve into something lame. Oh shit! They oh, evolved. you caught a dust mite. Oh shit! They evolved into the Voltron piles of goop. Shit! They evolved into the Voltron Paramecia. <laughs> oh well, release. Oh sick! I fucking got them, and they evolved into the Voltron dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Like, oh. like, how are you fitting five of them in one Pokeball? Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> they're actually all one Pokemon. It's why they're always together. Yeah, it's like Doug Trio. Anyway, that's enough about Voltron. And Pokemon. <laughs> yes, please. <sighs> so, you talked about this show last week, but I decided to watch because I'm a fucking idiot. I watched the Orville. Oh, lovely. I actually haven't been able to force myself to go back for episodes two, three, and however many it is at this point. Uh, six, I believe. Or seven. Odd. I kind of liked it. I know, right? <laughs> if you can get past the the try at humor, it's actually kind of entertaining. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, this, this, series, this series is... This series had the, has the potential to be a really good... Like tribute to next gen, or a really terrible comedy show. It's all about perspective. Seriously, no, no, no. I've only watched one episode. You no, know, like, like, but like, like, what I'm saying is, like, there is a like the people, like Seth MacFarlane and everybody else who's like on like the you know executive producing side of this thing, were or at, at least who aren't directly from Fox, 
Like, they all seem to be very dedicated to the fact that they want to make next-gen. They love next-gen. They want to make next-gen, but their own kind of thing. But... I love their spaceship. Yeah, the, the spaceship is great. Like, all the fucking... The production design of this... Is that, this fucking, the, the production design of this show is fucking awesome. Like, it... They aren't trying to go for, like, fucking movie-quality sets or anything. They are trying to go for a modestly budgeted network television show about space. Which is what Star Trek is to me. You know what saddens me about it, though? What? The fact that it's not funny is probably going to kill it. They are forcing this to be... They're trying to force this weird narrative that this show is the next great comedy hit from Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. Which it's not. Like, like outside of one joke, every joke in this show is a Seth MacFarlane movie joke, which is a not very funny premise that goes on for way too long. Like, there's one joke in the show, in the first episode, that kind of worked to me. I'll hear it. And it lasted four seconds. Yeah, Seth, uh, so Ed, Seth character Ed, uh, walks into, like, the Admiral's office, sits down, they start talking, he's like, you might have one of these mints, those are marbles, spits it out, continue the scene. It was a quick thing. Yeah, it, I didn't even notice that joke, but that is funny. Yeah, it, it is a very quick thing, like decent setup, good twist, good good, good punchline, and then you just go back to what they were doing. It was a quick joke that didn't interrupt the scene too much and like flowed naturally, and it was funny. Not not like a, not like rebrorously funny, but I saw it and I chuckled, which is more like I say fucking any other joke in this goddamn episode. Hey, did you see that dog licking its balls? Yeah. First thing I saw. Yeah, like the like the gross like the. Do you agree with me about the Arbor Day wood joke? Yeah, that joke is fucking weird. The Arbor Day the that Arbor Day thing is witty. It's intelligent. It makes you think, it is, which is a good one liner. <laughs> he got wood is something that two year old makes up when he killed the guy with a tree in Call of Duty. Yeah, it's it is it, I. I don't know why that one liner makes me so angry. <laughs> it's no, really it's, tough. It's, it's because it stops. It because it stops the show. So, so like uh, for those who missed the discussion last time, uh, the way they defeat the bad guy who kind of looks like the bad guy from Galaxy Quest. I thought he looked like the cat from Mass Effect Andromeda. Like either way, it is ve- it is kind of very clear that this show, this show kind of like the people at the top, the people who are like funding the show and forcing some of these decisions, and maybe something Farland himself. See this as Galaxy Quest, the TV show. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah, but it's not that. It's not Galaxy Quest, the TV show. It is not like, hey, we got these Knowing Wings references and like funny jokes input here. It's just, hey, we have Star Trek, but occasionally we throw in some kind of bad jokes. And so, last episode, they introduced this thing of like these weird little fucking seeds and a gun that, and like a ray that accelerates time, and these seeds take 100 years to go into like a big tree. So they hot glue, like literally hot glue, a a seed to the fucking like to the muzzle of this ray. Send it, <coughs> send it over to the alien ship. Send the activation code, which activates it and grows a giant tree in the middle of the fucking ship. And before they do it, he's like, "Happy Arbor Day!" Hits it, and then a fucking giant tree grows. And then everybody's like, "Cheers!" Like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, we got this! Well, everything's great!" And then after they're celebrating, one guy goes, "Wait, let's rewind it a bit. What is Arbor Day?" Like, yeah, it's like wait, you know the trees. Like, eh, that's kind of forced. Like, no, it wasn't. Like, it the, it would have been great if like they never mentioned it, but there was just this, there was like this recurring gag of Ed having 
having kind of obscure one-liners. Just like he'll say something that when you think about it, it makes sense. But it wouldn't be the first thing you would jump to. Like, I think that could have been, like, a decent character bit. But it's never going to come up again. And when it did come up, they ran it into the fucking ground. Which is a shame. And, like, there are there are interesting things happening in this show. Like, this show is... There is actual thought being put into this, like an actual character being put into this, which really surprised me. Like, I wasn't really sure. Uh, I didn't see a lot of like the promotional material for the show. So I wasn't sure of like the relationship between um, Seth MacFarlane and Adrian Palicki's characters. Characters? Yeah. Like their respective characters. I'm referring to both, okay. referring to both okay. of their characters. Okay. Not, I was not confused. Adrian Palicki's like... multiple characters. Do you've got a uh, an Ed, Eddie Griffin thing going on? <laughs> uh, no, so um, so yeah. In the in the show, um, Ed is captain. Uh, Adrian Plicky's Kelly is first officer, and they used to be married until one day Ed walked in on her cheating on him with a blue alien. The blue thing comes up a lot, like not just the fact that cheating, but the fact that he was blue. Yeah, there's a whole bit in the first episode where it's like, do you know how difficult it is to clean blue off of white? Really? Yeah. But yeah, so he wa- so yeah, he walks in, sees catches them in bed, then then it flashes forward to a year later or like 2 years later. And it is and it is like Ed getting his chance to go pilot to go be the captain of a ship. And he's like fucking awesome. Yeah, let's do this. But he doesn't have an XO. Executive officer. Was that that was that means? So, gets up getting one, and it is Kelly. So the two of them actually have a conversation, and it is, like, a surprisingly mature conversation about somebody who cheated on the other person. Like, it's really weird. I, I watched, like, a video not too long ago before watching this episode of where, where they talked about this weird trope where in, like, like 90% of things, like, a husband walks home, catches a wife cheating on him. And then he has to, like, go fucking start some new chapter of his life or something. And for a second, I thought that's what they were doing with this. It was like, it was like, oh, he walked in, his wife's cheating on him. Well, I guess she won't be around until later. Or it would just be, like, playing up how she's just a horrible person and says, and, like, Ed's in the right. But no, it is. She made a mistake. She she made a mistake, but it isn't entirely her fault. I have one thing to say about the whole "it isn't entirely her fault" thing, and I know that I know that's I know that's a shitty thing to say, but let me yeah, say it. Understand her arguments. The idea that he was too busy for her, he was too focused on his career, he didn't listen, etc. But my problem is that on him. And I say this as someone who has been in that situation, except it was entirely unjustified. I have always been the attentive, etc. 
honestly, I am lucky to have found the amazing woman I'm with right now because not only does she understand me, but she also understands that sometimes I need to just escape from the world for a couple of hours. The woman in question, who I will not name, knew that I needed to play video games or whatever, but she viewed my video games as taking away time that I should have been spending paying full attention to her. So she cheated on me with the intent of getting me jealous enough to do something reckless, i.e. assault the guy she was in bed with. I walked in on her because we had ha we had a date scheduled for that day. Walked in on her, literally naked in bed with the guy. And she tried to play, oh, I didn't know you were coming, I didn't know you were coming. And I simply looked from her to him and said, because you're going to be in my spot one day. And I just walked out. Because you know what? Right thing when he walked in on her. He just left. Yep. She did not. She may have viewed some way in her twisted head that it was going to get him to do something. But she should have left him. There is no justification for being with someone and then taking their heart and crushing it as you uh, crushing it with your groin against someone else's because that for a man, at least seeing you in bed with another man, there is no worse betrayal because that not only says where you were inadequate in every way that says that you easily found another person that was more adequate than this person. And trust me, any guy worth his salt will think about that betrayal single time they're with another person until they finally find someone that makes them forget. And then every time they see some shit like this on TV, it's going to come back into their fucking heads. This opened a wound. I was not expecting to open. Yeah. <laughs> Th different things trigger different people. This is one of my triggers. <laughs> Thankfully, the show actually handled it very maturely, so I didn't have to spend the entire episode pissed at it. Yeah, like, it was it was really shocking how weirdly grown up this was from Seth MacFarlane. Exact opposite I expected from Seth MacFarlane, and I was very happy to see it. Yeah, exactly. And so that actually is something that I want to... I want to see that develop. I want to see where that goes. I'm going after hearing your approval. I'm probably going to go back and watch more of the episodes. So hopefully next time we do movies and TV, we'll be able to talk more in depth about this show. Yeah. And then we have our stand-ins for the other next gen characters. Like we have a wharf. One of my favorite things was that they openly stated, okay, you're stereotype A, you're stereotype B. Why are you stereotype B? Well, that's interesting, stereotype B. Up, oh, stereotype C, nice to see you. Stereotype D, and stereotype E, it's curious to see you here. Oh, you're here because you're a racist. Good to know. Good to know, stereotype E. They yep. just flat out said, you're these stereotypes. Explain your stereotypes a little bit better so we can just get past this shit. Yep. We, so we got a wharf who is a who is a big who is a big deep voiced man from a from a warrior race. And but the fun, but the twist is the race is all one gender. 
expecting them to like be really dumb about it but no it's like yeah we're all one gender that's interesting go back to work yeah and then in a later episode from what i've read of some things going forward they actually aren't a one gender race they do give birth to girls but then they forcibly change their gender that sucks but it is a fucking idea it is it really is and I'm really curious to find that, like, sect of women who refuse to be men or no, no, something. No, that's the thing. It, 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 isn't, it isn't, oh, there's a sect of women who refuse to be men. It is when they are born, when they are babies. If they are girls, then they are forcibly changed to men when they're babies. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, this subsect of the warriors who are like, we're going to live as women in our society because we are disgusted that you forced us to change at birth. Yeah, because that would be a brilliant idea to explore. Yeah, there are, I'm hoping that they actually do it. There are ideas in this show. It's, it'll all just be a matter of execution going forward, and that's pretty much where this show's going to fall apart. This is going to cancel it because hey, it's not funny. We, were, we thought it was going to be funny. What's we're this? All, we're this all butt jokes, man. I want to see. I want to see Seth MacFarlane fight a chicken. Why is the main character intelligent? Shouldn't he be a massive idiot that everybody just tolerates and loves anyway? Why doesn't he have 800 more pounds on him? It makes me feel inadequate as a man to not be big, not be smaller than him. I want to see titties. No, no, this is Fox. Oh, I want to see titties in a bikini. Yeah. Wait about. I don't know why we immediately went Southern. Fuck you, Southern. That was hillbilly. There are dumb people who aren't hillbillies. No, mine was hillbilly is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. But like just that voice is kind of the go-to dumb voice for us. Oh, I've got a variety of dumb voices. But I feel like everyone who thoroughly enjoys Family Guy really should be in the lowest profit margin want those people as ceos <laughs> i don't no, i just watch you head into fox one it's just like somehow you get into the meeting with like fox fox higher-ups it's like hi right, man how's it going my name's jethro what kind of show you got for us <laughs> what the? Uh, we got this show about a cat and it poops and then it eats the poop okay yeah yeah i can see that uh is there any kind of uh is there any kind of character that interacts with the cat, or is it just the cat and his poop? Oh, there, there's this racist neighbor who thinks cats are Islam. Okay, we can work with that. We can't, we can't make it that explicit, but you know, we can bring it back. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? I don't know. Oh, and scene. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, the Orville. It's actually okay. Give it a watch. Don't expect good humor. Look at, like, seriously, go into it with the mindset of this is going to be not funny, but it might have some interesting sci-fi. Yeah. Because this is is a very much a straightforward sci-fi series with shitty jokes layered on top like fucking gravy. Because Fox, I'm willing to bet the jokes are Fox mandate. Yeah. Just, just like, He's just enjoying like, making the jokes. Just like Seth MacFarlane crafts this like very nice like tribute to fucking this thing, and then Fox just comes in with like a fucking paintbrush and a fucking like thick of KFC gravy. He's like, "All right, let's just layer this thing up." 
don't think this is funny enough. Put a dog licking its balls in the street. We gotta get this grease up enough to go down the throat of modern America. <laughs> oh, God. This bit is just not going to end until we're t- talking about Orville. Orville ain't saying nothing wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Legends of Tomorrow is back. And is it on Netflix yet, or is it just airing on CW right just now? Just airing on the CW. It's Are we talking season three or four? Season three. Okay. It's good. It is good. It is good. The first to hook up my antenna so that I can watch it. The first episode has Mick Rory fucking elbow drop Julius Caesar. Stop it. I don't want to hook up my antenna. <laughs> yeah, so those of us last season, um this is a this is one of the Arrowverse CW superhero shows. Uh, it's about a bunch of side characters from that series going through time, being time dudes, and it's the best thing the CW is airing. Possibly the best thing CW has ever aired. I'm going to disagree there. And, yeah, so last season, uh, the Legends, as the team is called, uh, broke time. Through complicated time bullshit that I will not even try to explain. Uh, the Legends ship uh, crashed in the middle of Los Angeles, supposedly present day, where there was Big Ben, a Roman legion, and dinosaurs. Luckily, Don't cut my antenna. Yeah, luckily, though, Rip Hunter, the former captain of the crew, uh, has started up his own separate time-correcting agency, the Time Bureau. Nope, I'm not, I'm not watching this episode by episode. I will wait patiently for it to get to Netflix. And then, yeah, then the, then the 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 first episode starts out with uh, all the legends kind of living their lives now that they're not being time people anymore because Rip's like, "Hey, you, you weirdos, don't we got this? Just go be a person now, please." As in, according to in, in, his, in his own words, um, if like if you think of the if you think of like manipulating time as brain surgery, uh, the time bureau is a scalpel. The legends are a chainsaw. Hey, when you need a lobotomy, a <laughs> chainsaw can be pretty effective. That's actually something he says near the end of the episode. <laughs> not word for word. Not, not word for word, but setting up the big bad, he said, we we will soon need the legends to be what to be what they're best at. And what's that? Being a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. So everybody's kind of out there doing, trying to do their own thing. Uh, Sarah's working at a Bed Bath and Beyond, and is just throwing cutlery and cutting boards. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, Ray is working at a tech startup, which is a dating app. What? Yes, yes. Ray's working at a, yeah. Ray, uh, his company, like like Ray died. Well, died. He shrunk himself, and but everybody thought he died. Uh, the company got left to Felicity. Felicity then ran it into the fucking ground. That's a shame. And so Ray is broke, technically brought back from the dead, and can't really find work anywhere else. So he works. So he like starts working for coding with like a this is a fucking dating app, which is like Tinder, but instead of swiping left and right, you swipe up and down. 
Okay. And do they, they do realize that Tinder did left and right because you know that's actually really fucking easy to do while you're walking. Yes, but it requires one hand. Yes, but according to this guy, swiping up and down is is a uh, is like more ergonomic than swiping left and right. No, ergonomic means that it's easier to hold and do, which you know, it's a joke. It's not. It is a joke. They're, like how how many fucking Tinder like apps have there been since Tinder showed up? A lot. Exactly. And yeah. Meanwhile, um, Nate. Citizen Steel is working as Kid Flash's sidekick. Which is, which still really fucking bugs me. The dude is legal drinking age. He is not in any way, shape, or form a kid. Okay, that just gave me a headache on multiple levels. Because I stopped watching The Flash, so I didn't know he even had a kid. Yep, Kid Flash. Which is, again, not a kid. There is it's nice to know that the Flash had a son. Uh, no, he doesn't. He didn't. It's a... <laughs> I know! I'm making, I'm making jokes about the name. Yeah. It is Joe's other son. Joe? Uh, cop dad. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, Martin is about to be a grandpa. With his weird time remnant daughter. And Jax is going to school. So they break into the time so they break into the time bureau, steal their uh, time ship, and go do time shenanigans. I'm gonna stop you right here. Yes. I have a message for anyone who might be listening. You don't actually need to finish college to follow your dreams. Nope. You really don't. Yet time and time and time and time and time again, we get these characters who are seemingly happy, only they find out they weren't really happy with their lives until they went to college and became a claims adjuster Uh, for some insurance uh, company. Just so you know, that isn't the storyline. Oh, what's the storyline? The storyline is he's having to go to engineering school because he can get engineering jobs unless he has an engineering degree. But he, but he's like, fuck this! I want to go back into my space time ship. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's exactly how I'd be. I'd be like, fuck this noise, spaceships. Yeah, it's like Jax is a really good engineer already. He doesn't need to go to school for that shit. But you know, he needs the license. Yeah. But then, but then it's like, oh, we're stealing the time ship. Fucking nice. Let's go do this shit, son. I am going to use a screwdriver on this time engine like it's fucking nothing. But seriously, folks, don't go. You don't need. College. I want. I want you to look at whatever industry you're in, or want to be in, and if it does not require a license to get into, the only reason you should be taking classes is if you think you need help. I wanted to be a writer. I took writing classes. And then I pr- I proceeded to drop out of school because there was nothing else for me there. I wanted to be a writer, so I read other people and then started writing. And now I'm here. Do you need a weep? No, not really. Like, I'm doing all right. I get to do this basically full time and still make money. 
So I'm fucking good, dude. Seriously, folks. We need revenue. <laughs> Help us. Go to patreon.com slash edprods. Or check out the store at, store at uh, deathstoreprods.com slash store. I am currently building a new store for us, uh, which will hopefully which will reduce prices a bit and will be good to go in a while. Also, all the prices are in Canadian. I know that a good chunk of our audience is American, so keep in mind that everything on the store is cheaper than what it says. Because you're because you're American, you. Our dollar is slightly stronger, even if it's not. Like even if it's not, Canadians will always pay more because fuck us. Like there have been so many times where the Canadian dollar has been stronger than the American dollar, and we are still paying ten dollars more for anything you guys do. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> Fucking economy. <laughs> so what else you've been watching? Ah, so um Lucifer's back. I really need to catch up on that. You really do. Yeah, so season three. What we're in. Rules didn't watch season two. Lucifer got his wings back. Yeah. And lost his devil face. Ooh. And what's even worse is he found out he lost his devil face by trying to reveal said devil face to Chloe. Oh. I wanted to stab somebody when I when I saw that when that happened. It was like you motherfuckers. This has been the buildup. This has been the fucking thing. Literally everybody is wanting. And you specifically wrote in a plot point that made that thing impossible. It was infuriating. No kidding. It was the single worst thing I think I have seen in TV in a while. <laughs> like, I've seen fucking will-they-won't-they they dodges. But this one was a fucking will-they-won't-they they just fucking... This motherfucker John wooed his way out of a will-they-won't-they. They. Just fucking... Just, <laughs> just fucking like... Threw himself backwards through a window, fucking double birds up that turned into doves. Ejaculating doves as he goes. It was nightmarish, for me at least. I know that probably other people don't get as pissed off about these things as I do. But. Oh, I, fu- I was fucking furious at the um fucking cliffhanger for Vol- Voltron Season 4. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, assholes. That's the thing. Cliffhangers don't bug me. It's simply the will they won't they. And the ways they go about fucking that up. Will they won't they pisses me off too. But seriously, fuck cliffhangers. Because <laughs> too many times have I gotten a cliffhanger ending and then the show was canceled for some reason. <sighs> so Lucifer has his wings back and when he cuts them off, they grow right back. Which does kind of devalue the wings a bit like the wings in that first season in that first season when they had the episode about the wings that shit was heavy and like him on the beach burning the wings is one of my is one of the most memorable moments of the show for me but now there's a scene in this in the most recent episode of this of this season where Amenadiel and the doctor 
take like 15, like take fucking like 16 different wings in garbage bags, throw them in a dumpster and set them on fire. Like there is like nothing about those wings anymore. Uh, but biggest changes for this season, or I guess the biggest things for the season, uh, is the introduction of Tom Welling, formerly known as formerly known as the Red Blue Blur on CW Smallville. Uh, he's introduced as the new lieutenant. I don't know what he is, like as a character and kind of as a person. Like they set up these like couple weird jokes for him. Where, like, he first shows up, he, like, walks in all fa- all fucking, like, dick swagger, and I'm awesome. And the camera is fucking, is just, uh, is just fucking him with that lens. And it's like, hi, I'm your, I'm, I'm your lieutenant. Back to work. And then just leaves. I, I don't get it. And then he constantly, like, gets Dan's name wrong and kind of shits on him. That's because he's a, that's because he's a former corrupt cop. Which I forgot for a bit. I forgot that pretty crucial character beat for the first season. And then he introduces kind of the new big thing, or at least starts building up the new big thing, the new big bad for this season of the Sinner Man. A terrible name for an apparently amazing criminal. I... This season did not start off great for me. I was very... I don't find the idea of the Sinner Man that interesting. I don't find Tom Welling's character all that intriguing. I don't... The whole, like, taking away him being the devil and making him just a straight angel again is potentially interesting, but doesn't really doesn't really come to anything yet. Except for, somebody's Lucif- except for somebody that Lucifer is going to fuck... Sees his wings pop out and is like, oh, okay, I want to dress up like a comic book character and fuck you now. Because, you know, if they have wings suddenly sprout out of their back from no apparent mechanism, they're just cosplayers. As... I'm going to watch it. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to watch it, obviously. But... So far, at least introductory-wise, this is the weakest of the seasons so far. Unsurprisingly, this really sounds like they shit the bed. Yeah, like they like they did like the last season was really good. They had a lot of like really strong moments. Uh like uh Trisha Helfer as the mom was a really good character. I really liked her. I liked her motivation. She worked really well. And yeah, then it ended, and when they showed, like, hey, Lucifer, you got his wings back. And then they're doing just almost nothing with it. As I had, like, little character beats with the Doctor or something. Like, the Doctor seems to be the only one who actually treats, like, hey, your wings are back, and they're constantly regrowing every time you cut them off, and also you're constantly cutting off a part of your body. She's kind of the only one treating that as, like, an actual serious thing, and everybody else is so stuck in their fucking heads. Like, Amenadiel is going back to, like, early season one Amenadiel. Which is not great. I don't know if you remember, early season one Amenadiel was kind of boring. Yeah, no, he was. And a bit I of remember. Shit. And then he grew so much, and then he found out that he was his dad's favorite son, and is like, oh, I'm back to being a dickbag. 
<sighs> I don't know. I'll keep watching. I'll see. But as it is, I'm kind of disappointed with Lucifer so far. And final thing, uh, Rick and Morty. Season three has come and gone. Jesus Christ. This show got... Like, one of the draws of Rick and Morty has always been its nihilism. Yeah, I've heard that it got really fucking dark. Yeah. There are... Multiple episodes that, like, just end on these weird, just fucking horrible, dark notes. And one of, like, the biggest episodes of the season, uh, this episode, um, The Rick Lantis Conspiracy or something. Just this, this episode where, like, it starts out with Rick and Morty's like, hey, yeah, we're going to Atlantis. And then it goes over to the Citadel of Ricks where it is just, like, it's like this weird anthology episode where multiple stories are told from multiple different perspectives. And they all turn into just these fucking nightmares of existence. Like, uh, like getting there and one of the Ricks and like one of the storylines is about a guy working at a company that produces these um, things called simple Ricks, which are like those weird little shitty wafer cookies. But instead of, but instead of being like, but instead of being filled with some weird chemical concoction that's supposed to taste kind of like vanilla. Uh, it's instead uh, doused with memories from a Rick who never became a super genius and just kind of stayed at home hanging out with his daughter. And that Rick is tied to a chair, constantly reeling those memories until the day he dies and having that having that like emotion extracted and put into cookies. That's terrible. And then Did it, I have and, some. And then one of the Ricks is like, oh, God, fucking I'm I'm a Rick and I'm stuck working this fucking production line job. Because I keep getting passed over for promotion. So he goes and kills his boss, another Rick, and then ends up killing the Rick who was in charge of, like, the Rick who was, like, part of the production line for this. Like, the guy who actually has the memories. And then his boss shows up, who's essentially the Willy Wonka of Ricks. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. Well, fucking do it here. Does a whole, like, Willy Wonka thing. And then knocks him out and puts him in the chair so that people can relive the emotional memories of him Finally being vindicated for everything he's done in his life. They have a bunch of Mortys going to like this fucking wishing well thing where where they're gonna like throw where they like throw a thing into the wishing well and then the like a wish comes true. It's like a wishing portal. And when they finally get there, like on the way there, one of the Mortys says, like, hey, I've had melodrama like genetically put into me. Like I can't help but be fucking dramatic about everything I do and it's destroying my life and my psyche. So when they get there, he throws himself into the portal, and the portal turns out to be a garbage dump. Jeez. Yeah, it gets dark. It gets dark in a way that I was not ready for. And Jerry is just the fucking worst. Just this god-awful person that somehow gets back with Beth. Like, the two of them divorced last season and then fucking Rick and Morty go out and do like a fucking big adventure and then Morty's like oh wait my dad my grandpa's a f- my grandpa's gonna get us all killed because he's just whatever so my mom and dad are getting back together we're gonna live in the woods 
you go find other family to be a part of. Uh, it it was. I still enjoyed it. Like I still enjoy Rick and Morty. It just it got heavy. And I kind of like after I watched that full season, I kind of get what Birdie was talking about. Because for, for a while, like when Birdie and I would talk about Rick and Morty, he would he would say that he couldn't watch too much of it. He could only watch a couple episodes at a time before he needed to just stop and like look at puppies or like be outside and like smell life or something. I I can't watch Rick and Morty at all because of how fucking dark it is. Yeah, and I get that. I get that. Like, after this season especially, I get that. But I still really enjoy it. I I have always said I am the world's shittiest nihilist. Because I do think life is pointless and everything. But I always find reasons to be like, oh, yeah, I might keep keep around for a while. I hear this movie's coming out. It looks all right. Yeah. That's what I got. On that happy note, caveman. Okay, where to begin on that happy note? Uh, maybe, maybe so we'll I watch. Maybe we'll get back into your psychological scars. We can go back and forth and just turn this into the psychological podcast. <laughs> wow, that no, I don't think we can do that because I don't think this world is ready for just us to sit here and be depressed at each other. I'm supposed to be the happy one, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, no. So I want to start off with a comedy show that I watched all of and they need to make more of right fucking now, please. Dear God. Now this was hilarious. Uh, very British problems. It's even more funny if you watch it with someone with British ancestry. (laughs) Seriously, my wife and I have watched this entire thing like six times and I'm like, oh, I'm so British. And I'm just like, yes, yes, you are my dear. It's great. I love it. Um, but no, if, if uh, it's it's just people talking about their daily lives, but it's a bunch of good a bunch of good British comedians and actors, and they they get topics and then they genuinely talk about their experiences based on these topics, and it every time because well funny um in season two they get david tennant and uh the chick who played donna what was her name uh something no no it does i catherine something i think it's catherine something yeah i'm looking at but like they get those two and like i'm just imagining them like yeah, I'm just imagining like them like like this is just after they finish shooting Doctor Who and they're just ta- like talking about their daily lives and I, f- I fucking loved it. It's great. It's a great fucking show. And I tell you, fun fact: uh, this show is based off of a Twitter account. Yeah, I know, and that's the only problem I have with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't like Twitter. Okay then. I didn't. I don't. I don't like Twitter. So, like that's my problem. 
That was okay, my problem. Then. But no, uh, this show is just a gay old time. Uh, I laugh my fucking ass off every goddamn time. And just for any, for any youngins who don't know, he's referring to the old timey gay, which is to say a good time. A very happy game, a very happy old time. Not the, as he mentioned later, fucking ass. <laughs> what? There's some fucking dumbass out there who doesn't know that gay used to mean that. Maybe I'm talking about fucking ass. Maybe I was getting reamed while I was watching the show. Who knows? I think it's called pegged. <laughs> Whatever. I don't actually know. God dang it, Ted. Consi- considering Whatever. considering what you talked about a bit earlier, it's pegging. Okay. Whatever. Um. <laughs> no. Uh, this show was just fun. Like I have watched it like seven times through because it is incredibly short and a lot of fun. Uh, the very British problems, I think, could also be relabeled as very introvert problems. Because <laughs> it's like, going on vacation! No. Oh, fuck no, no. You will not make us leave the precious. I can't, <laughs> take, my, like, I, I can't take my computer with me on vacation. It's not a laptop. No, fuck that. No, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to stay here in my chair and my AC and you can't make us leave it. <laughs> I have a recording, Mom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I have three things of Diet Pepsi in the freezer. I can't leave. They might fucking freeze and break. <laughs> uh, but another thing that I was watching is I'm re-watching, again, dragging myself through Arrow. I make it a little further every time. <laughs> Why? Because uh, it's my exercise show. So, like when I watch it, it encourages me to work out because I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a delusion, but it's my exercise show. You couldn't watch something. And, you couldn't watch something where like a like a not already hot guy gets hot. You have to watch. Have to watch their disgusting bits until they got hot. It would be like thirty seconds. No, thank you. So, so instead, no. so instead, you watch a show where a guy who was already hot stays hot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. I mean, whatever motivates it's you. It's a gay old time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, I was waiting for that just the slightest moment where I can make that joke. <sighs> but no. Um. Yeah, it's still a pile of crap. Oh, fuck yes. That show is garbage. Except the beginning two. is okay, but it descends very quickly. For me, I, like the only thing I... The only, like, also, there's a real disconnect going from seeing uh, Laurel... Not Laurel. Um, Sarah? Uh, Sarah in uh, Legends to seeing the very first Sarah. Oh, yeah. The first and, Sarah is kind of terrible. That's not the same actress. Nope. 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 My brain does not like this. No, I mean, Sarah's like charismatic and fun and like can act. And the other one's a vapid, shallow valley girl, which is, you know, what they were going for. The other one is tits in a mask. Yeah. 
Like th- that costume is the worst costume on that show. I fucking hate. I fucking hate Sarah's original black black uh, canary costume. I never actually got to see it. It's tits. Okay. It, it's like it's like imagine a black canary costume, but then cut out a boob window. Okay. I'll see if I actually see if I can look it up. I want to talk about is something that I actually have an opinion on that I haven't just reiterated, and it is Cutthroat Kitchen. Now, I started watching this because, A, I love Alton Brown. Hero. I have watched every episode of, oh my god. Yep. God. Yep. Wow. Yep. God. The only thing I can say that fucking ended up happening where Laurel beat Sarah is she got a better costume. And then Sarah got a better costume. No, she didn't. Yeah, she did. Fucking the white white canary costume. Costume is terrible. I it's better than that. It's better than that, but it's still terrible. I wouldn't la- exactly classify it as better because it's still terrible. Ooh. Better is a comparative term, so comparing it to this, better is the right term. Ah, uh, fair enough. You've, you got me there. <laughs> terrible English Tim. Not hard. I'm only a writer. <laughs> but cutthroat kitchen. <laughs> You've seen cooking shows before. You've seen cooking combat shows before. Like I've Iron read, Chef I've read Shokugeki. I've read Shokugeki no Soma. Yeah, well, this is much more fun because you basically have to gamble away your prize money to ruin the other cooks' lives. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, now you will wager on this item. Whoever, whoever wins this can make one cook use this as their only heat source. And I'm just like, motherfucker, if someone comes back from that, I will be impressed. <laughs> and they do! It's fucking like, it's fucking the stupidest shit they're overcoming. <laughs> and like people blowing money on things they think will actually be useful that end up costing them the victory. Like in one episode, there's this guy and like, he's like, I want to buy that tiny cooking skillet and I want to make this motherfucker use it. And then the guy's like, well, then I'll just make a petite meal. (laughs) And it's fucking beautiful. It's like, fuck you, bitch. I'll make a meal for mice. And there's this episode, there's this guy and like he walks on and I'm like, that's the asshole. Like, it's like, as he's walking on the stage, I'm like, that's the asshole I want to punch in the face. And he's up his own ass the entire time. Like, well, I'm a private chef because it lets me cook what I want to. And like, literally, he said that. And I was like, the first thing I said was, motherfucker, you work for me. You cook what I want. I tell you to make me grilled cheese and chicken noodle. There'd be to be a fucking grilled cheese and chicken noodle on my plate. Because if you put something else on and call it like, oh, it's an open-faced grilled cheese sandwich, and I I decided against chicken noodle instead going for a beef bourguignon, I'm going to punch you in the face and throw you out of my house. Yo, bitch, you don't get to kill people. If I ask you for fucking craft dinner, you better say what kind of ketchup you want and how thick you want the hot dog sliced. (laughs) I like the way you think, Dad. Bitch. (laughs) But no. This is my house, motherfucker. So there was a great, it was just 
brilliant because then this guy who decided to be the asshole of the episode and you know who's going to be the asshole by whoever bids the most vigorously on the first item yeah (laughs) because it's like wow you just don't care about the money you just want to fuck everybody else up you're going to be the guy i'm going to watch this episode yeah it's like i am in it to win it he gives him this disgusting old like breakfast display like you have to you you can only use the ingredients that are on this display plus eggs to make an egg sandwich was there bread sandwich there were bread like items like there were danishes there were giant uh cinnamon rolls there were waffles okay and he makes the most disgusting looking fucking waffle based egg sandwich that's just drenched in fruit syrup. And once the judge says, yeah, it was too sweet for me, so I'm going to let you go. He's leaving like, I don't know what the judge is talking about. He may be a professional, but it was not too sweet. It was just the right amount of sweet. And he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm just like, motherfucker, you lost. Just accept it. Everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, I was he's e- the only one I've seen so far who's been like, the judge was just wrong. <laughs> I was <laughs> expecting him to make him a griddle. <laughs> Well, you didn't have any sausage. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can make a sausage-less McGriddle. Some weird vegan shit, I don't know. Now, I have disagreed with judges in the past. Like, at one point there was a breakfast pizza. Ugh. Oh, so you yeah, made a pizza. Like, pizza. They were supposed to make pizza, but she made a breakfast pizza, which was an egg sandwich. Bitch, fuck you. Sandwich and called it a breakfast pizza. Motherfucker. And then the judge was like, oh, yeah, I had breakfast sandwiches when I was a kid. I'm like, that's a fucking open-faced egg sandwich. Yeah, just, I, if anybody was to say, like, hey, do you want a breakfast pizza? I'd be like, motherfucker, unless that's a fucking large meat lovers, get the fuck out of my face. Breakfast pizzas are for bitches. I don't mean women. I mean, just, like, sometimes I question the judges, but ultimately... They have the power. I'm not a judge up there. If I want to be a judge, I'd have to go become a professional chef for like 10 years. Then I'd have to compete on the show, earn Alton Brown's respect, which is all I'd really want. Yeah, you and know, then like professional chef Mark Summers. Who? Exactly. Uh, Mark Summers, he was a guest judge in one episode. Uh, and he is... Yeah, he's a talk show host. He hosted Double Dare. Okay. The Nickelodeon game show. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't need no. Well, drink- I, then I, I, I have to be famous. Whatever. So, hey, Not gonna happen to our, doing this. Like so contribute to our Patreon. <laughs> Start bombarding Alton Brown with requests to make me a judge. What motherfucker? If the lore podcast can get an Amazon exclusive TV series. The what? It's a it's a relatively well known horror podcast that t- that takes horror stories from real life, and they're making it into an actual show on Amazon. Oh, that might be interesting. Yeah. So if those motherfuckers can do that, then I can, then we can get you as a guest judge on a fucking cooking show. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Uh, Alton Brown might be dead yeah, by the time through. it happens, but fuck it. Chin was. I I've only watched like a season and a half of it, but. There are 15 of them. I know. I am so happy because I've got a lot to get through. Um, I love it. I absolutely like the Alton just looks so like. At times, and my absolute favorite thing about him is in other cooking shows, like it's either constant assholery 
or we won't tell you what you're doing wrong until after you've already fucked it. He will go right by the guys and be like, are you sure you want to do that? (laughs) And like, that's it. He will comment like, that's not a pizza. And then they'll be like, it's a pizza. And I was just like, motherfucker, it's not a pizza. It's an open face egg sandwich. <laughs> like, oh my god, opinions. fuck that, fuck that chick, fuck that chick. It was not a pizza. It uh, was not a pizza. And it makes me, uh, the, the weirdest things make me so angry, and it just it irks the fuck out of me. The only thing I because it's really, not a pizza. The only time I really watch like any kind of like cooking competition shows is one time I watched a clip of like MasterChef. Where Gordon Ramsay was like, hey, young child who has never had any special training, I'm going to send you to cooking school. And the other judge was like, hey, when you're done at cooking school, come to New Orleans. You got a job at one of my restaurants. I saw that clip and that made me smile. But I also love whenever like you get the kids cooking shows and the judge is an actual human being. Yeah. Like Gordon Ramsay, I think. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Like, if, if you're an adult and you fuck up, he will destroy you. If you're a kid and you fuck up, he'll, te- he'll show you what he did wrong really like nicely and then like show you how to fix it. He actually had a blind – we're talking about cooking shows now. Deal with it. He actually had a blind chef on, and the woman was terrified that she had made a bad pie. And he actually picked up the pie, and he described it to her in a way that she could understand. He described the texture, the smell. He dragged the knife across the top so she could hear how crisp it was before finally telling her it was a good pie. But not good enough. You're fired. <laughs> I don't think he ended that one mean, but whatever. Cutthroat kitchen. Like getting really, like getting really. Yeah, it's like like hey, Woman cry. Like, hey, with disabled, tears of joy. Like, hey, disabled person who was able to like overcome their disability and be an amazing chef. You did an amazing job with this. It validates everything you've done. Leave now. <laughs> uh, the final thing I'm sure Dead Man also watched, so we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, Ducktales. Woohoo! I will never not do that. Did you watch the the newest episode? Well, it might not be. The, it's probably I the I don't think second I watched, to last I don't think I watched the newest episode. I think I, like the last the episode, mole I, people I, episode. No, I haven't watched the mole people episode yet. Fuck. Okay, well, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna try and avoid spoilers as much no, as I can. Go right the fuck ahead, dude. So in this episode, there are mole people naturally, and like, like one of my favorite things is they gave Red Duck a character. Red Duck. Remember Louis's name, and I only remember he's the green one. I don't remember the other two. Uh, I remember it's be... Huey and Dewey, but I don't remember which one's red and which one's green. I believe the red one is Huey. Fine. <laughs> I'm double checking. <laughs> oh, but, but, like, they gave Red Duck a character, and it is Scully. Scully. <laughs> and it's great. Like, he is in denial about the mole people the entire episode. And then when finally it's revealed, it's like, all right, catalog, scientificide, and it's real. Okay, I am back in my comfy zone of denial. Goodbye. <laughs> all right, Louie is green, Dewey is blue, Huey is red. Okay, Red Duck. Something truly amazing, I'm not going to change his name. He gets remembered because he's my favorite character. Oh, um, apparently... Apparently, Huey, Dewey, and Louie's dad showed up in a, one of the old DuckTales comics for a second. Mm, weird. Yeah, he was in a he was in like a family tree thing where one of the branches was blocking off his first name, and a bird was sitting on the branch in front of his face. 
So um, the setup for the episode is they go to see a movie that uh, Pink Hair, I can't remember her name. Webby? No, no, no. The Webby's best friend. I haven't met her yet. Wow, you're behind. Yeah, Web. Yeah, like the last episode I saw, like one of the the second to last episode I saw was was an episode centered around how the fact Webby doesn't have friends. Well, Webby made a friend. Oh, good. Like right after that. Good for her. Okay, so I've got to go back an episode further. Um, yeah. so Webby makes a friend. Uh, they infiltrate the Beagle Boys like party for mom. Naturally. It's her birthday. So we've got a bunch like we've got it's not just the three Beagle Boys we know. It's British Beagle Boys, the mean Beagle Boys, the nice Beagle Boys who will give you tea and cupcakes. Uh the extreme sports Beagle Boys, the gothic clown Beagle Boys. Oh god, Juggalos. <laughs> no, they're not Juggalos. Trust me, they're Juggalos. They don't look like Juggalos. They will always be Juggalos. Okay, whatever. But, um, those cups were filled with Fanta. I can guarantee it. (laughs) I like Fanta. (laughs) You're one step closer to being, to being a juggalo then. Steps closer to being a hipster. One step closer to being a juggalo. Five steps from black and, uh, one step into white. And a partridge in the pear tree. Uh, anyway. Halloween, everybody. Oh, Webby, um, Webby and a uh, girl whose name I can't... I'm going to have to look it up because I can't... I, I, actually, I actually like this character. Okay, you'll look it up. Uh, while they're on the run, they bond over an in-joke. They pretend to be British, and it's seriously... Like... His dad is British. My fiance is, like, half British. My fiance's grandparents are British. I know what a British accent sounds like. I watch a lot of British shows. I know the wide variety of British accents. My God, these are offensive British accents. <laughs> and her name is Lena. Lena, yes, uh, Lena. And uh, Lena eventually gets captured, and Webby says, "Well, I've got a rescuer." And the boys are like, "Eh, we're in." So all four of them go to rescue Lena. Webby uses her awesome kung fu fighting skills. They capture Ma Beagle again. So the Beagle boys by convincing the Beagles to fight, which is, you know, like groups that don't necessarily get along capturing you 101. Hey, who gets the credit for our capture? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, seriously, like four words. Three words. Three words. Who gets the credit? It's like that's all you need to like destroy that's four words. a group of people that wants that's already on edge. Yeah, who get who gets the credit this four words? Okay, yeah, four words. But who gets credit is three. But at the You're end there's this Shut up. <laughs> I haven't slept twenty hours. Leave me alone tired i'm only doing this because i'm your friend (laughs) it um at the end of the episode we get the reveal that lena is related to the magic duck from the original series magica dispel i remember wow 
Okay. I literally just look that up. Hey. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and put this down now and walk away. <laughs> what did you expect her name to be? Anything else? And as has been the trend so far, we've got an episode focusing around them. So we have them be a middling side to main character of the follow-up episode. In which Lena convinces them all to go see a a horror movie about mole people. Launchpad then spends the rest of the episode thinking everything's a mole person until finally he gets convinced he's a mole person. And I I I love watching mentally handicapped people get gaslit. And wow, surprise, surprise, at the end of the episode, Ma Beakley, no, what, Ma Beakley, what am I talking about? You, Ma, uh, Beakley, Be- yeah. Ma, Ma Beagle, Mrs. Lee. Beakley. Uh, Ma Beagle and, and Mrs. Beakley fused for a second there. Um, uh, Mrs. Beakley tells him, you're not a fucking mole launch pad. And he's like, oh, okay. And just moves on with it. And just, uh, that, weird. the entire... Entire subplot was pointless as fuck, and I'm looking forward to the Darkwing Duck episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I keep, I keep, I keep forgetting it's happening. Um, but like the kids all get trapped inside of a subway car during an earthquake, and it becomes revealed: oh shit, there are mole people. Subway car goes goes awry and crashes, and Beakley gets pinned under the subway car. And then we see Lena, and it becomes a question of, is Lena becoming a good person? Is she always a good person? Because Magica is suggesting, just leave her. Let the hate flow. Sorry, wrong character. <laughs> just leave her. She's getting in the way of our plans. And Lena's just insistent on helping her to the point of actually using her magical amulet to free Beakley. Something, um, something, something, duck pun. And the mole people are revealed to uh, be a parallel of our heroes whose sole purpose in existence was to give them a way out and shatter Red Duck's uh, perspective of reality until red duck could re- reconcile it which honestly is a great losing faith faith coming back to faith story in my opinion because while it is very like closely knit it does demonstrate just how far some people will go to refuse in front of them climate change deniers seriously it's huey just call him fucking huey <laughs> but of course then we get the moment where red duck writes down God them in his little book and says science and puts it under- <laughs> i'm doing it to piss you off now <laughs> um and at the very end we get magic asking her why did you save her she's only going to get in the way and lena responds it's the long con and i really hope she keeps that up I really do, because while I'm okay with her still being friends with Webby, whether she's good, evil, or whatever, the idea of the bonds of friendship have made me a good person is something I'm entirely sick of at this point. Yeah. I really am. I would much rather it be, I would rather have Webby be broken and crying for a few days yeah, then she gets vengeful. The rest of the season. Made by the one person she thought she had as a friend. 
then I would like to. I I I I, I, I would rather that over what over Lena becoming a good person because I am so fucking tired. What I because it. it's always. What I would like to see is I would like to see Webby be sad for a bit. The next episode, she's out for blood. That would be more Webby. Yeah, that'd be more Webby. It would just be like it'd be like one episode, she's like, oh, God, everything I know about my life is a lie. Next episode, all right, I have a knife. Let's go find Lena and stab it into her. You know, I would even accept Lena turning good so long as it's not just a, the bonds of friendship. I would actually like a fucking Star Wars level, like character arc of darth vader yeah i'm evil yeah i'm fighting you join me webby and then webby's finally like i can't join you i have to fight on the side of good and you should join me and just that like that point i will accept the bonds of friendship but not before she has to do some really fucked up evil shit like betray her friends break hearts and I, then finally, there is a redemption arc, and then I will accept it. I Otherwise, res- I am just going to be like, "Well, this is boring." So you want a Teen Titans TV show Terra arc? Yes. Not an, not I, any other iteration of Terra arc because any other iteration of Terra arc, Webby's going to uh, Lena's going to fuck an old man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Scrooge is played by David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> what does David Tennant have to do with anything? Uh, he was apparently really popular as the Doctor when he was the Doctor. Yes, he was, but like, what does that have to do with fucking a child? <laughs> Never mind, Jesus Dad. You Christ, man. This is this is a joke. I'm not going to explain because I don't feel like dealing with like trying to make you understand it. Jesus Christ, man. But anyway, I would have a lot of respect for the show if it actually went down like the Darth Vader arc, but like fully to the point where we get to the end and Lena is just like horribly scarred and disfigured and dying on screen. That won't happen. Just like Magicka's about to like fucking destroy Webby and then she's like, well, fuck this, and then throws Magicka down a pit. Or Ma- Magic is about to destroy Webby and Lena leaps in front of the blast. Yeah. You ever seen a featherless duck? On. <laughs> you ever seen like a pit clean duck? Because they, they won't show us weird. child death. Not child death. Maybe like child scanning. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean like full skin, but like their feathers are basically their skin. And this is why we don't write children's television, folks. But And this is why we should write children's television, folks. Actually, you want to know something funny? Um, I actually have an idea for a... Uh, uh, series um, and the entire the entire like the the entire idea came out of the like basic idea of a very fruity prince and I do mean fruity is in like they act very homosexual a gay old time who just if you will <laughs> who ends up getting rescued by a really masculine female knight because she thought it was so goddamn funny that a guy was leaning out of the window going yoo-hoo! And like their misadventures from then. I'm pretty sure that's an anime. I'm sad. Anyway, anything else? No, that's all. All right, that's what we're watching then. On to news. So first up, uh, we got two pieces of news coming out of Legends of Tomorrow. 
So first up, it has been announced that Matt Ryan will be returning as Constantine to this season of Legends of Tomorrow. I never actually got to watch any of his Constantine. It was pretty all right. He's kind of become the go-to Constantine now. Cool. Like even in the animation, he's always voiced. He's like, like he was. He did the voice of Constantine in the Justice League Dark animated movie. Um, they Azuratus. Yeah, CW just announced a Constantine CW Seed series with him in it. He seed? showed up on Arrow. Yeah, he's just he is just kind of Constantine now. Seed. Yeah, it's their uh, it's the CW streaming platform. Oh. Yeah, it's where the Vixen animated series showed up. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so um, Matt Ryan will be appearing in episodes 9 and 10 of this season of um, Legends of Tomorrow. And he'll be doing an exorcism. You know, like what Constantine does. But presumably with less people dying. Well, this is Legends. <gasps> yeah, but like people die. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. We might have the same amount of people dying. I sincerely doubt that. Like, if Constantine was doing exorcism, everybody but the person who's trying to exercise would survive. I mean, I mean sorry, everybody but the person who's trying to exercise would die. And then, and then the person who's trying to exercise would be fucking would be in a fucking coma forever. Like, hey, demons out of you, but everybody's dead. So, eh, we're or hopelessly addicted to uh, opioids. Anywho. Uh, and in sadder news about Legend Tomorrow, uh, Victor Garber uh, has announced that he'll be stepping down from this show. Uh, Victor Garber, he plays Martin Stein, one half of Firestorm. Uh, he'll be exiting the series during this current season. That will be interesting. Yes, uh, he will be... I'm wondering if they're going to go for like Firestorm's girlfriend like from the comics. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so uh, he is going to be uh, leaving the show. Uh, no real comment has been made on like why he's leaving, but uh, people are speculating that has to do with the fact that he is going to be returning to Broadway uh, for a revival of Hello, Dolly. Truly, genuinely shocked that he's, you know, Broadway. Hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Like a good chunk of the people in the fucking CW shows are. Did you see wow. that? Did you see that musical episode? Which season was it in? That was in The Flash, season three. No, I did not see. I have seen, like, the first half of season one of The Flash. Yeah, don't bother. (laughs) Wow. It gets Arrow. There is one more thing I'd like to talk about, and it's not something I'm currently watching, but it's something that I watch in bursts. Okay. I would like to mention, okay, uh... Tell me that Supergirl stops constantly harping in the most painful way on feminism. She does. Great. Yeah, first season is very bad about that. Because like, I, there's an episode that I actually said no to and cut off within the first five minutes. And it's the Red Tornado episode. Yeah, fuck that episode. Because within the first five minutes, Bitchface's mother... Uh, bitch face is the one in charge of the magazine. Cat Grant. I don't know, honey. I still prefer male doctors. That is the worst and line I'm like, of the nope! entire series. I'm like, nope! That is the worst line of the entire series. I'm just like, nope! 
and I, I backed out of the episode and skipped to the next one. Yeah, trust I was like, me. I don't care Se- what the plot was. Yeah. Season one is kind of like the worst for that stuff. Uh, season two, they don't really mention that. Like, they don't really get into like, oh yeah, she's a lady. It's just, yeah, she is there. Like, like she is a woman, and that is like a part of her character. But it's not just like fucking hammered into your goddamn skull every fucking second. I will have to make it to season two then. Yeah, season one gets better. Like after after the male doctor incident, uh, things don't really get brought up again like that for the rest of the season. And in season two, Cat Grant <laughs> leaves the show. So don't, have to deal, so you don't have to deal with her until the end of season two, where she comes back, having somehow become the press secretary to the fucking president. Well, he is Trump, so. Uh, no, actually, the president of this is Wonder Woman. Yeah, Linda Carter is the president. Well, my brain just shut down. <laughs> and she's The universe sp- is so much better. And she's from space. But you'll find out about that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, today, it's been announced that the game show Supermarket Sweep is coming back to TV. Oh. Which is really weird. Whoa. I, I, I just, I felt the need to mention that. Whoa. Actually, I should be excited because that was many a Sunday afternoon for me. Just turned to uh, Channel 49, which was called PAX back in that day for some good old-fashioned, wholesome supermarket sweep. Followed up by uh, um, a murder mystery show starring a doctor who solved murders. Uh, Columbo? No, it wasn't Columbo. I hate Columbo. Columbo, Columbo sucked. I... Night Stalker? It doesn't matter. Like, seriously, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. And then, final piece of news. Kind of sad, because I was kind of looking forward to this. Uh, Disney has announced that they are shelving Gigantic, uh, their project, uh, as an updated take on Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, where Jack climbs the Beanstalk and befriends a young girl giant. Seen it. Uh, they released a single image of this, which is Jack getting to the top of the beanstalk, climbing into the cloud, and then coming face-to-face with a, like, what I'm guessing is the equivalent of an eight-year-old. But giant. Yeah, so the movie was being, uh, was being, uh, was planned to be directed uh, by Nathan Greeno, uh, Reno, or sorry if I'm not name wrong, uh, who worked on Tangled, and Meg LeFeuve, the co-writer of Inside. Inside Out, sorry. With uh, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, uh, the writers of Frozen, doing the music for that movie. Uh, So, Ed Catmull, uh, Walt Disney and Pixar Animation Studios president, uh, said in a statement, It's impossible to know when we begin a project how the creative process will unfold. And sometimes, no matter how much we love an idea or how much heart goes into it, we find that it just isn't working. With Gigantic, we've come to that point, and although it's a difficult decision, we are ending active development for now. We are focusing our energies on another project that has been in the works, which we will be sharing more about soon, now set for Thanksgiving 2020. Yeah, that sucks. 
Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So while I, but while it's a, the base concept is like something that I've seen before, it's still interesting. Yeah, it's it's an it is a it's something that I would really like to see. I think they could do a decent job with that. Yeah. So does it does for news then? New releases for this week. Uh, we got some. So first, I haven't up, heard of that movie. Yes, yeah, so first off, uh, the Foreigner. Uh, these are movies for um, October thirteenth, so they're already out. So yeah, the Foreigner, the new Jackie Chan movie. Uh, that came out this past Friday. Uh, so did Happy Death Day, a really dumb movie that's getting surprisingly decent reception. It actually looked mildly interesting to me. I mean, you know. A twist on the Groundhog's Day tale of the only way to escape is to figure out who's killing you. Yeah, but it's called Happy Death Day. Yeah, the title sucks, but the concept is interesting. Yeah. Also, coming out this week, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. A very what? good. Yeah, a, a very apparently a very good movie about uh, the about uh, William Moulton Marston and his wife and their girlfriend, the creators of Wonder Woman. My eyebrow has been cocked. It's getting very good reception from everybody except the family of the guy it's based on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, like the movie is the movie currently has an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's gotten fucking rave reviews from everybody. And then uh, Christine Marston, I believe is her name, the granddaughter of uh, Moulton Marston, William, William Marston. Uh, she's like, she's like a... Uh, Went to Twitter and was like, yeah, this movie has nothing to fucking do with his life. This is some bullshit somebody made up. Like, his life is way more interesting than this fucking thing. But, like, yeah, this is just fucking bullshit. That's actually brilliant. I love it. (laughs) And then we also have um, Marshall, a new movie starring Chadwick Boseman. It's uh, getting very good reviews. And then also, finally, for this week, goodbye, Christopher Robin. What's that, that about? It's about the guy who made Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Less interesting than I thought. Starring Domino Gleason. You know that guy from that thing? Yeah. <sighs> then next week is fucking nothing again. Well, at least we got a good week this week. Yeah, like we have fucking Geostorm. Whoa. The Snowman. I remember seeing the trailer for Geostorm and just being like, fucking no. Geostorm, I believe, was finished in 2014. The science behind Geostorm, literally, the absolute nonsense, bullshit, pulled out of your ass, shot upon a fan, and then spread across the room science, makes absolute nonsense. For those who don't know, I believe it is about a satellite that controls the Earth's weather being hacked. And, he, 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 hey, hey, folks, folks, folks. 
You want to know something that they make the satellite do? They make it cause an earthquake! You know, you know, natural disasters that are caused by the weather. An earthquake! Hey, come on. We all know that, the, that um, as the planet gets warmer, earthquakes happen more often. This is earthquake. just science. Tsunamis! Before the earthquakes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I am willing to suspend my disbelief for a satellite that controls weather. Yeah, that's just stupid. It's th- th- stupid, th- Yeah, it- but I'll suspend my disbelief for But you do not tell me that it controls weather when it causes fucking earthquakes. Say the thing shifts fucking gravitons. Then I will accept it controlling all of that shit. But you say it controls the fucking weather? Make it control the goddamn weather, you piece of shit! I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but it's a Dean Devlin movie. <laughs> I don't even know who that is, but the way you phrase that just makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, Dean Devlin, for those who don't know, um, is a longtime producer. Uh, I believe he yeah, he's worked alongside Roland Emmerich a lot. Uh, he was the um, producer of Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla, The Patriot, Eight-Legged Freaks, Cellular, Flyboys, that fucking Independence Day sequel, and an upcoming movie called Bad Samaritan. However, Geostorm was his directorial debut. Oh, yeah, The Snowman, which is some fucking... Murder thing. Because it's Halloween. Oh, right. Yeah, the snowman. It's about the guy who fucking murders people with snow covering his head. Yeah, that movie looks terrible. Speaking of terrible, a new Medea movie. Tyler Perry's Boo 2, A Medea Halloween. Why? Because fuck me. What do you mean, fuck you? I'm black. My community is the one that supports this asshole. Yeah, but then... Why would it be fuck... Whatever, I'm not going to get into that. Because they make me look bad. I'm not going to get into that. I am not the person to get into that argument. Oh, and then also a second, a, a second Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel. What? Yeah, Leatherface, the origin story of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which okay. is the second origin story of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which, uh, okay, so this, this, is, this is a bit confusing. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, was a prequel to the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Was then a sequel, Texas Chainsaw 3D. The majority of those were terrible, and also produced by Michael Bay. Leatherface is a prequel to the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Can I say something? Go ahead. 
I would like to um, talk to any aspiring horror writer, director, whatever. Do you know what the scariest fucking thing in the world is? Prequels. It's the human mind. I guarantee you, whatever I create up here will scare me infinitely more than whatever you can put on that screen. Inject my thoughts into the movie. You will not be able to scare me as much as my own head does. Which is why movies worked so well. Because they knew they didn't have the budget or the effects to put something really creepy and fancy looking on the screen. So they let the tension build. They put in noises. They never really did a fucking jump scare because when you do that, all the tension flees the movie. One thing they didn't do. Prequels! Prequels rob a mysterious monster of all of his threat. Because now we know how it came to be. We know who he was. Oh, he was just this demented psychopath who skinned a man and put his face on. Now he's human. Fucking scary. Well, actually, in the first Texas James Massacre origin story, he was he was um, given birth while while his mom was working a meat plant while his mom, mom was working on a meat packing line. She then died. He was thrown in a dumpster, and then somebody found him and then made him a cannibal. Yes, not scary, not anymore. Well, no, but fucking- I was terrified of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah, because the original Literally, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a fucking let- exploitation movie, basically. Yeah, but my aunt let me see that because she was a demented, demented person, and I love her for it. <laughs> but she didn't actually. She didn't let me see it. She had it on DVD, and I snuck it out of her room and I watched it. Sleep for three days. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's about right. Um, did did you did any time a door opened sideways? Did you walk ever like really closely and creepily towards it, or like just yes, away? actually, just like oh god, the door's gonna slide open. That's gonna hit me in the head with a fucking sledgehammer. There's gonna be a fat dude in a there's gonna be a fat dude in a dress shirt and a mask covered in makeup waiting for me. But by giving us the origin stories of your monsters, you make them less scary. By giving the origin story of anything, you take away some aspect of it. Freddy Krueger was one of the few that did it okay. I'm not going to say well. I'm going to say okay. Because they made it that evil spirits from hell came upon him as he was burning to death and gave him his power. Actually, his origin story was that his mom was a nurse at a, at a mental hospital where one, di- one night the power went out and there was a fucking riot. And then she was raped by a thousand maniacs. That too. Like, that, they, that is so fucking crazy that I can't actually say my brain would have come up with something crazier. Jason did all right with but it. But not do it or go so far overboard that basically everybody's going to say you jumped the shark. Jason kind of went all right with it. Pretty good. Like, like start, like starting out as a relatively ordinary thing. Just like, hey, he, hey, he was drowned as a kid, but then he didn't. And then it became... Jason is a nonstop killing machine spawned from the pits of hell. The only way to kill him is to have a Voorhees stab him in the heart with a magic dagger made of bone that we stole from the fucking Army of Darkness set. But 
Unless you are the greatest writer in the world. And none of you are. Because that entity will never be born. And I say that because there will always be someone better. Yes. Or there will, or no matter how good you are, you'll always write something bad. Look at So don't write an origin story for your horror story, for your horror characters. Honestly, like have an idea of how your character came to be. But number one, don't set it in stone. Nope. And number two, never tell us. Nope. Never tell us. Well, it, you, you, can't, you can't tell us if it's like a if it's like a fairly like Candyman. That's a, that's a, that's a decent origin story. At the very least, keep it fucking vague. Don't make three fucking movies about it. Three. I'm I'm not. I don't know any. I'm not saying anyone in particular. But fucking Texas Chainsaw is trying to do that. Well, so far they have two. Yeah, I'm saying they're gonna get. They're gonna get to three. They're gonna make a third one. <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. even more angry. The third one's gonna explain the origin story of how of how uh, Leatherface's brother got that lighter he used to disinfect the hook he uses to pick at his fucking head wound. Oh fucking! Um, even the thing didn't get that wrong. <laughs> they still didn't tell us where the creature came from. Yeah, instead it was just the first movie. Worse, but even they couldn't get. Even they were not stupid enough to get that wrong. Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2. I don't know if they came out with another one because I don't need any more than 1 and 2. They didn't tell us jack shit about that creature in the first one. Told us as much as they could and it became much less scary. And also they did say where the thing came from. Space. And going, they, they weren't like, oh, it came from planet X-39 where there is a parasitic species that feeds off of any intelligent life form and tries to uh, spread to the... No, they didn't do that. They didn't go fucking planet of the symbiont with it. Oh, no, they wow. just said, this is an alien creature. Oh, wow. Shit. Uh, they, they released the third Jeepers Creepers movie this year. I, like I said, Jeepers Creepers 1. They told us nothing about the monster, and it scared the living daylights out of me. Jeepers Creepers 2 was an action film because they told us too much. Well, also, they gave them shurikens. <laughs> yeah, it was so dumb. Yeah. I'll probably watch Jeepers Creepers 3. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that is how um, you do. Let's watch. Fuck it. If you can find a legal streaming service. Let me, just but, actually, um, let me just check if it is available to stream. I'm I, I'm going to keep giving examples too of good ones that didn't fuck up. The Babadook. We've got a vague story about this horrifying monster creature. Treat, trick or fucking treat. Yes, yeah, they tell us next to nothing about the monsters. Or Sam. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't look like it's available right now. Yeah, it was released in theaters on uh, the in September, and then also again in October. Uh, that's a shame. Maybe so, we'll do a less watch of it next year, or maybe the original Jeepers Creepers. Eh, if we can find a legal streaming service, da, 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 da. it is available on Hulu. That's another movie that my aunt exposed me to. Jeepers Creepers. I was far too young for it. So Jeepers Creepers, the original, is available for streaming on Hulu. Awesome. 
So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the best thing about horror is not telling me what's supposed to be scary. If if you accidentally had a cat on set and it just walked in front of a light and I decide to shit myself because a shadow just passed over the screen, leave it. Fucking leave it. Don't say, oh, we got to image correct this. There's not supposed to be a shadow here. That's that's ruining my scare. Leave it. You should really watch Channel Zero. I will eventually. Yeah, it's it's solid. There's a weird man. There's a weird boy man made entirely out of teeth. I have very strong opinions about uh, well, horror in general. I figured. So, anywho, those are any releases. How's it going to do for this week? Thank you all for joining us. It's been a gay old time. <laughs> Which one? We'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of the DeathStoreProds.com Movies Television Podcast. That one will also probably be late because on October 27th, the day where we, they usually have that episode go up, is Stranger Things. All right, uh, do you want the uh, leather daddy harness or the whip? That's BDSM, not... Gay people aren't all into BDSM, caveman. <laughs> yes, but we're both dudes, so if one of us is in a leather daddy harness, that implies some gay shit's going on. I wasn't trying to imply that all gay people were into BDSM. I just couldn't think of a better way to imply that we were going to go have sex so that it's the wrong gay old time. Do you want top or bottom? Pitcher or catcher? How are your knees doing? See, I didn't think of any of those. Jesus Christ, dude. Come on. We're going to make gay jokes. got to make me at least respectable. No, I don't. I'm not the funny one. Clearly. Till next time, I'm dead. The funny one, apparently. And I'm Caveman, the one who has Corder write all of his funnier jokes. We will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>